Hello, everyone, and welcome to Intimacy with the World podcast. I am Dorita Hall, your host on this show, where we explore what it really means to be human and what really matters to be able to live a meaningful life. Today, I am speaking with Buwe Dam from the Faroe Islands. Now, Buwe Dam is all things creative. His work defies classification into any one creative category. He started out as a jazz guitarist, studying with the great American saxophonist John Purcell and playing with singer Ivor. He then began writing his own songs and performing as a singer, founding the group Budam and releasing two studio albums, Stories of Devils, Angels, Lovers and Murderers in 2007 and Man, the album Man in 2011. And he has toured extensively in Europe. He has also written a lot of music for theater. In 2009, his career took a new turn and he directed his first play, uh, A Report to an Academy by Franz Kafka. And the year after that, he, he co-founded the theater company DFC, together with a dedicated group of actors, directors, musicians, dancers, and designers, striving to create innovative and experimental performing art. So Boo has formal education both in music, as an actor, and also as a director. But these last years, he has mainly focused on directing and a lot of theater. Uh, his latest theater project was directing Hamlet in the Nordic House in the Faroe Islands to high international acclaim. And as far as I understand, he is currently both co-writing and directing TV series, films and theater. And he's the father of two. And actually, I don't understand how he does it all. My intuition tells me there must be a lot of focus, some surrender and quite a lot of flow to achieve all of this. So welcome to Intimacy with the World podcast, Buwe. I'm so pleased to be with you. Thank you very much, Dorta. <laughs> so Buwe, it seems to me that you just can't help being creative. It is as if it literally pours out of your veins in one form or another. Were you born um, musical? Were you born a musical and a, a creative soul or...? How do you see this? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I started out as uh, a football player. I wanted to be a football player from when I was very, very young. <laughs> so uh, it was sports and wanting to be the best at what I did. That's actually where I started. Um, but I was brought up in a, a very artistic family. So both my parents were actors. My father was also a director and a musician, uh, like myself. Um, and we had a, we, I, I lived in a house, or we lived in a house that was uh, very open. And uh, a lot of different artists came to the house and uh, also lived there for shorter periods uh, when I was a child. So all of the, I was surrounded by very creative people. Um, so I suppose... Uh, that has affected my path a lot. Uh, but I was, yeah, from when I was six, seven, I, I wanted to be a professional football player, Diego Maradona, uh, <laughs> who has left us now. Yes, just left soul, us, yes. <laughs> was, was at his peak, and, and I remember being seven years old when I saw him uh, in the World Cup in Mexico, and I was, yeah, 
So that's where it began for me. Uh, but I think something that has driven me a lot is to want to be very good at something. So I wanted to be a very good football player. Uh, I was 11 years old when I started playing music. So I didn't want to be uh, uh, an actor or on a stage at all when I was uh, from when I was very young, uh, and until I was quite old, uh, I, I I had the urge to play music and started as a studying drums and then guitar, uh, and slowly for some reason that took over from uh, the football and but I think I brought with me. The, the I want to be good at something thing, the competitive yeah. part of football, I think I brought with me into the arts. But do, do, you, do you feel that, I mean, I, I've followed you through, through the years. I know your music and, 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 uh, and how you act and so on. And, and I mean, you are extremely good at what you do, but you're very creative. I mean, it's not as if... Um, I mean, you write your own plays, you, you're a composer, you play yourself, you're an actor and a director. Uh, where does all that creativity come? Did you find that creativity also in football? I mean, football is a game that's very alive, like you have to see the, 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 the game, no? In your inner eye or feel it in your body. It's very embodied. Do you, do you find that that was creative as well? Well, I think uh, from football, uh, the creativity is a lot in, in the team effort of football. Uh, and that, I'm very much a team player also in, in the arts. So writing music, I always very often write together with people. And the same with creating a play, I, I write with actors or, or uh, set designers and so forth. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, that's a big part of it is, is the cooperation. Uh, yeah. working together uh, but the the creative thing is to me is uh, the human condition I think we're all very creative so uh, for me uh, I, I I was quite early I knew that's what I wanted to do to do something creative and that it should be in the arts but I think it's a, it's a conditioning for us to create because we're part of a huge creation uh, that's going on at the moment so we're just doing our part, even yeah. if, it, if it's in the arts or in some, some other. But, but if you ask some people, they will say, no, 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 I'm not creative. I can't play music. I can't dance. I can't uh, sing. I, I, I'm just not, I can't write. I'm not creative. So do you think that that's just conditioning when people say that? Do you think everybody's equally creative? Uh, well, equally, I don't know. Equally, it's probably very difficult to... Uh, I mean, we're being creative right now, Duda. We're, we're yeah. creating with words. Um, so I think, yeah, they're lying when they're saying they're not, <laughs> not creative. But it's, I mean, okay, uh, of course, there's a difference in, in, in working in an office and just doing your work and going home again and, and then leaving it. Uh, there's a difference between that and, and choosing a life where to create something is, is what you do. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, there is a different and there's not a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also get better at what you do. I mean, if you do create a lot, you, it becomes a craft also, no? Yes, exactly. It's a yeah. craft very much. Yeah. Um, you know how, how some 
some artists, they say that uh, they tap into something, that this creativity, their creation, what they're creating is actually not something uh, solely inside of themselves. Like they tap into, as you were saying, like the world is a huge creation. No, it's happening every single moment. It's like as if the Big Bang is still happening, you know, it's still unfolding. And, and some artists say that they, they, they tap into some creativity that is not only inside of them, but also kind of in the ether, in the atmosphere, in the, what, what do you, where do you think your creativity comes from? Uh, well, two things. I think uh, I partly agree with that, uh, but, but more, I, I see it more as if I'm part of the creation. Yeah. So, so of the Big Bang. So, so I'm part of that Big Bang. And, uh, uh, just, yeah. Uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is, uh, uh, being creative is also very hard work for me. So it's a lot. And there I can go back to wanting to be good at something. So it's not just something that I can pick up and do. I really work hard on the stuff that I write or, or I really take it immensely seriously to, to direct a play or, or a film or whatever it is. So, so it's those two, two things, I think. Mm. Really hard work and being part of creation. Yeah, I, 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 I guess. I get what, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So, you know, when I, I said that my intuition said to me, because uh, you've done so many things, you know, uh, so my intuition was like, there must be a lot of focus, which, was your, which is what you're saying, that you work very hard at what you do and you take it immensely seriously and you, you're quite perfectionistic about it. But is there also a process of, of surrender sometimes that you just have to surrender to the, to the creative process? Or the flow of the process? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the surrendering to it is what I've done with my life. So my life, ha I have surrendered my life to creating. So that's every day for me. This, this is what I serve somehow. Uh, and there is for me a higher purpose in that as well. Um, and then there are those magic moments when, when you, as you said earlier, you tap into something and all of a sudden the song is there, or all of a sudden you see the entire scene, uh, or all of a sudden you, you have a poem. Uh, those are like the magic moments that you're waiting for. And, and those moments feel like some kind of surrendering to something that I have no idea what is, mm -hmm. but uh, which is truly, uh, one of the main reasons for, for doing what I do. So when you said that you serve uh, for a purpose, what's that purpose? A higher purpose. Yeah. Well, it's that thing that I don't know what is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's more of a feeling than it's an intellectual thing I think for me. Uh, yeah, it's a very intuitive thing. Yeah. So most drama and music somehow tries to reflect uh, the human emotions, the beauty and the pain of being a human. Um, is that what you, through your work, are trying to come to grips with? Like to understand the, the, the human, this human existence? Uh, or, or is it not at all? <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I, I don't have hopes at all of understanding anything. <laughs> Uh, 
so I think it's more it's it's playing along and being part of and enjoying the ride, uh, which it is for me. Of course, I'm exploring themes and I'm exploring what it is to be a human being, but it's mostly or almost on, only uh, questions. I I I. I I haven't found any answers yet, and I'm yeah. not sure if they interest me that much. Yeah, I, I get them. I have that on my website. On the front page, when you open my website, it just says, "Keep the question alive inside yeah. of you." Totally it's, agree. Yeah. Open-ended questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, wh what what does it mean to be human to you? <laughs> <laughs> just a small sort of easy question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i suppose it means um a question it means a quest it means uh, a searching and it means uh an enjoying and uh it means a lot of pain as well uh, and it means also an acceptance of what it is of not knowing of not understanding um it's so many things <laughs> well i think I you summed it up really beautifully <laughs> yeah yeah and so you you uh you mentioned there you mentioned uh, the joy also that it also mm. means the joy so at this moment in your life what brings you the greatest joy in life well of course my children and my soon-to-be wife uh is uh i mean family life for me now is is uh, incredible um i've lived a very nomadic life and and uh, have always uh, resisted being part of a, or having a family or being stuck as i've seen it uh, anywhere um but after having gone through a lot of uh, soul searching and spiritual stuff um, I, I'm now in a place where I can actually be in one place have a family children and and at the same time uh, do my nomadic traveling with uh, my mind and heart instead if that makes any sense and yeah. um, so that's uh, where most of my joy is now and also well there are three things there's, there's family and there's uh, creativity and there's spirituality so those are the elements of, of joy for me, I, I think. Yeah, I, I want to speak about those things a bit later, but I want the listeners to know that, you know, like you, you're a, an extremely good artist in, in, my, in my view. And, uh, you know, you could live anywhere in the world. You could live in New York and you're so, such, so gifted, both, both musically and, and as a stage performer or a film or, or theater director. So why are you choosing to live in a very small village? I think it's 220 people that live on the island that you live on. And you have to take the ferry to get into uh, the capital of the Faroe Islands, which is then only 20,000 people. So you live in a very small, isolated uh, village with 220 people uh, in this small archipelago way up in the ferocious North Atlantic. So what's the tell us about that why do you want to live there and not uh, in new york or copenhagen <laughs> <laughs> well i would love to live in new york uh, i'll just let you know that uh, that's still on my bucket list 
Um, but uh, well, it, it goes back to um, uh, a, a very turbulent uh, time in my life where I had, uh, where I, I was. Well, I know we will talk about this later, but uh, that's where it comes from. I had a very turbulent time uh, and and uh, was going through a lot of stuff and was doing a lot of yoga. And I met a, 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 a mentor, Shiva Prakash, in India. Uh, and uh, he helped me a lot with many things. And one of the things that he helped me to see, he was also, he's a poet and a playwright. So he also helped me to see the value of my uh, origin and my country, both in terms of my spirituality, in terms of uh, family life, but also in terms of uh, creating uh, creativity and writing and stuff, because that's where my uh, artist heart is beating. It's in, in the culture that I've been brought up in. Uh, so that's why I actually came back and wanted to uh, immerse myself in my own uh, culture to, to to be able to express something uh, as honest as possible because that's what what I'm looking for as an artist is, is something that comes from a deep deep place within that's one reason and the other reason is of course that uh, my soon-to-be wife uh, was living here before uh, and uh, she had bought a house here and uh, I'll go wherever she'll go I'm, I'm with her <laughs> yeah so one good. very practical and there's one spiritual yeah. reason i suppose yeah. yeah 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 and uh i am from the faroe islands myself and the nature there is uh <laughs> one of a kind i mean i just read in uh, tim eckott's book that just came out about the faroe islands it's one of the windiest and hardest weather places in the whole world I mean, we get storms there all the time that are much stronger than the, the great Katharina storm that left the United States, uh, you know. So, yeah. so what does that, is, does that play a part in your, I would say, both spiritual and creative uh, um, imagination or, or life? Uh, <laughs> we live on the outskirts of the small village as well. It is immensely windy, actually, right now. We were talking about how uh -huh. The house is almost uh, uh, being lifted. Yeah. Uh, so I might see you sooner. <laughs> you, come, you come flying yep. <laughs> by my window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's very windy and it's, uh, it does something to you. Yeah. It does something to your mentality and to your life, I suppose, both practically, but also in the inner life. I'm not really sure what it does because... Uh, this is, as you know, this is what I've, we've been brought up with, and this is our, the conditions if you live here. Um, but uh, Jürgen Franz, uh, he, he writes in Barbara's novel that Mandir Smokavind, wind makes you beautiful. <laughs> so maybe that's one of the things. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that in the Faroe Islands there are no trees and I live in Spain now I've been living here for almost 20 years now and I have a lot of trees here olive trees and all sorts of trees and it's really really been a journey that took years for me to come into true relationship with trees like I, I just didn't understand then I would look at them and go like 
I don't know who you are. I don't understand you. I don't know what to do about you. I don't know what to feel about you. And now they are almost becoming the love of my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that to you, there were like three things, your family, your creativity, and your spirituality. So uh, I know that many years ago, you had uh, like a personal crisis or whatever you want to call it and you went in search for some kind of solution and, I, uh, and and you went to India what what did you what happened to you and what what did you go looking for yeah well well what I was told from the doctors was that I had a depression uh, and uh, I was feeling very depressed uh, but um, it uh, at the same time it felt much deeper and and bigger than an abstract word depression um so um i decided not to take medicine and stuff like that and i i, I had uh, studied yoga in sweden with a very good swa swami there swami yanakananda uh, who was teaching uh, kriya yoga uh, and uh, i had uh, been there and then at one point i i knew that that was the only thing that would help me uh, and i also I, I actually also have a suspicion that it was also the same thing that uh, began the entire process, uh, yeah. reflecting upon it now. Um, so uh, it became yeah, a journey of around five years where, where I, I went deep with yoga and I learned, as I said, with Swami Yanakananda in Sweden. And he had studied with uh, Swami Sachananda, who was one of the great yogis in India. Yeah, uh, uh, who studied with Sivananda, um, and uh, so so yeah, I, I I immediately knew that I was on the right path, but I also knew that it would take a long time, it would take years to to get somehow work this out. And and it, it, I mean the I I find like uh, um, middle age uh, uh, terms. No, not middle age middle ages terms from the middle ages i'm uh, like demon or 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 stuff like that like uh, i was possessed by something uh i find that somehow more helpful than depression i don't understand the word depression but i understand demon um so so for me it, it became a, a long journey uh, where i was to come in contact with this demon or this worm or whatever or some force that was very destructive within me uh, and and somehow transform that force and that was done uh, with yeah, mostly kriya yoga and i ended up in uh, india because uh, i uh, well i had been there before and i had met this person i had mentioned earlier shiva prakash who was a poet a playwright uh, and academic and and he was also a yogi and and but i didn't know that the first time i met him and then i read one of his books which was called everyday yogis and everyday yogi and and um, in the book he he uh, uh, writes about studying with swami sachananda and practicing the same yoga that i had practiced kriya yoga so there was a synchronicity thing and i contacted him and he asked me come to yoga and come to India and, and we'll see what we can do. And that became like a long journey through many parts of India and meeting a lot of uh, 
uh, teachers and people who helped me with this minor problem that 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 I realized I was having compared to uh, problems other people have. I, I was I also met a, a Ayurvedic uh, doctor who also did a lot of uh, uh, what's it called a lot of um, Yes, by I by I did um oh yeah. <laughs> <What's the word? laughs> Our English is failing us, Bill. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So 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 like a doctor doing a lot of charity work. Yeah. Uh for for the poor in India. And he had this clinic where people there was every day there was a long queue. Mm. And he was helping me with my problems. But what he did uh, what helped me the most was that he sat me next to him as all of these people came in with their problems and their problems were so much more serious than mine that my ego started like to shrink and I, I realized that that uh, or that helped me a lot to to get through with my own go get out of my uh, box or bubble yeah um so yeah it's it was a long journey and a very very uh, uh, enriching uh, and I learned so much and I'm so thankful for having gone through that pain uh, though it of course it cost me uh, many things both personally and in my career um, but all in all it, it, it was for the better as I see it now looking back on it mm -hmm. Um, so, so so that I'm, I'm quite interesting you say like that you look at at that like a like a kind of a demon no mm. uh, which I, I i i can relate to that and then then you say that you you were taught how to contact that demon that's how mm. i understood you i don't know if i understood you correctly and um so i'm wondering is the demon still and then you just transformed the demon right you said mm -hmm. so is is the demon still there inside you but and, and you yes. can see it and you can talk to it and you can say i see you or or yes 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 absolutely so it's it's all there still and it's all part of uh, also the creative work so in 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 in, in the old greek theater you have the term called uh, catharsis yeah. uh, which is a cleansing uh, uh, and that I, I find is, is a constant thing that I do still. So you, you're still working with the demon. You're, you're, and that's what I do with my creative work as well. So, so all the, the dirt and the perversion and the foulness that is within, I think all of us, but maybe only me, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know all <laughs> of other people, but um, that, that I work with through theater and film and music and also great sorrows uh, yeah. that are, that we have in our lives uh, those also you can cleanse with art so that was basically to to sum up my journey in india and all that what i learned was that uh, yoga is not just uh, is is not just some physical stuff that you do and a meditation but it's a it's a, a way of life a way of uh, experiencing or living your life and with some so theater and film and music became in my yoga if, if that makes any sense or creative work 
yeah. is part of that now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so do you consider? I, I mean, I imagine from what you're saying that you consider yourself a spiritual person. Mm, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you said that what it did is that it transformed your whole view of life. It ex yeah. it, it changes how you experience everything how you experience life so what would yeah. you say that that change consists in like what's the before how did you experience life before or the view and what do you how do you experience in it it now that's very difficult to answer because also it's not like a, um no. and yeah, all the thoughts cut. it's not clear cut all the things that that i'm, I'm I, I experienced the changes that i experienced i had thought about before but i couldn't um, it's not here <laughs> realize them yeah. so, so they were intellectual to me so I was very young when I read about Buddha and 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 I I had the thought and the realization that this is the only thing that makes any sense in this life so I was quite young when I read that and I thought that but I didn't ha had no idea how to realize it or I was still caught up in so many things um, but I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe now that I'm thinking of it, the, the main thing is uh, independence. So it's your, what my thoughts before were not independent. So I had a lot of voices from parents, from school, from teachers, from uh, friends, everything that were informing me and telling me who I am and what I am to do. But through this process, I think I um, slaughtered all of those friends and all that family and buried them. And a clearer voice uh, within me uh, came into the forefront. So independent thinking, I think. Uh, is is maybe the the difference yeah it's quite interesting that you you use the word independent what comes to mind when you say independent i think freedom you know freedom yeah. to actually choose yeah uh and not only to choose but also to feel freedom yeah. to feel uh into who you really are and take choices that are yeah. are more true more yeah totally yeah, and and it's it's a, it's for me it was a very brutal uh, experience. It was very so so. It, I, when I say slaughter, I literally mean symbolically slaughter and bury uh, uh, people and relations. A lot of relations that you think you're supposed to have, but actually they are not helping you uh, to go where you want to go. So it's it's quite brutal in that sense but it's all it's it's all symbolic so to so so in in the book everyday yogi one of the phrases that always stuck with me was uh, uh, for a yogi everything is symbolic yeah. so the entire word is is symbolic um so this process of slaughtering or or getting rid of uh, relations and voices in your head is is of course symbolic an example is for example my relation to my parents so it was very clear to me during this process that they stopped being my parents mm -hmm. so that was cut off and in a ayahuasca process i i uh, uh, ceremony i buried them yeah yeah so i i was I saw the entire funeral uh, and that was a release 
and a freedom came with it. But I still say father to my father. So it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. as if I, I just call him. So I mean, like there's a, this inner symbolic world that, that you're working with, I find that helps a lot and, and, and is very yeah. valuable. Yeah, and I can totally see how you can use those processes in your creative work because it's very dramatic. <laughs> yes, it's, it, that's the thing. I, I, I did, uh, I, I played uh, Titus Andronicus in a play, a Shakespeare play, uh, who is a, he's a general and he loses 21 of his sons uh-huh. in war. That's where the play starts and he only has uh, one son, no, two sons left when, when the play begins. But to, to get into that <laughs> mindset, yeah. Uh, this had helped me a lot. So, so in this, I, w- I had killed a lot of people. I had lost a lot of fantastic relations in this war within me. Yeah, I just want to to make sure to to make uh, clear to the listeners that I know that you have a close relationship still with your parents. So it's yes, not yes, yes. so so it's not that you've cut the relationship off. No, it's just no, that no. You defined it in a in a in a different way that allows you to be you and not yes. so uh, marked by the causes and conditions that you were like everyone. Exactly. Yeah. As you say, I have a, I, actually my relationship to my parents is got better after yeah. this because yeah. I could meet my parents uh, on a uh, more honest place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so creativity is strictly speaking not ne- not necessary for human survival, right? So what do you think this creative drive in us humans is an expression of? Well, that depends on what you mean with creativity, because I yeah. I would disagree with with that that creativity is not a necessity. Mm. That is almost blasphemy in my words. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, yeah, I, I see. What, I see exactly where you're coming from because I said before that the Big Bang is still happening. Which yeah, yeah, we can see as a, a, the most marvelous creative creation. Process, right? yeah. yeah, I mean, we're part of creativity, but uh, but of course, I suppose you mean the arts and you mean the creative work that I'm yeah. working with. Yeah, yeah. Um, could you repeat the question? Yeah, so it's it's not strictly necessary for survival, right? So mm-hmm. why do you think we have this, uh, we as humans have this drive to to do art, to make art? What, what's that an expression of? Why do human beings want to make art? Uh, I think maybe it's because of this inner world and dreams and... Uh, the questions that we were talking about earlier, all of these things that are happening within us uh, that we have a need to express. It's like if you have a really good dream or a fantastic dream or a very scary dream, you really want to tell someone that dream. Uh, I think that's just something we want to do. And that's what we do in creating as well. We, we really need to express something to someone else. So it's, it has a lot to do with human relation and with love between humans, I think, also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that you, 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 you take in the, that we have this imagination and it, it, wants, it needs to express itself, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that we're very relational beings. We're not reptiles that live on their own. We, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it's a part of love, actually. 
It, I, yeah, for me, it is very much so. But all, of course, it has also, if, I mean, that's your field in anthropology, and uh, religions are also from our imaginations, as, I, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and that, of course, has helped human beings practically to gather in bigger flocks and to create bigger societies and survive and so forth. So in practical terms, I suppose, wouldn't you say that creativity or the artistic expression is important for our survival? Mm. Do you think yeah, the human to, species... to keep the group to keep the group together is like cohesion, like the glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Do you think the human species would be what it is now if there was no art? It's mm. a very interesting question. I was just thinking as you were saying that uh, religion. Uh, you know how Joseph Campbell, who writes about the myths all over the world, he says that all religion and all spirituality is in its essence a cry for help, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it's yeah. so hard to be a human being yeah. Yeah. and because yeah. we have this imagination and, uh, and we have so many demons that, that, um, so, uh, and then you were say you said that in your view, religion is all, uh, part of our imagination is that is that all you see spirituality as or do you think there is something more not tangible but is it all just imagination inside your head or is there actually how do you see this <laughs> can't yeah, well, even, me, can't well, even first, face the question <laughs> first, firstly to me there's a there's a difference between religion and spirituality so religion is is more um, What's it called? Uh, institutionalized. Structured, institutionalized yeah. and structured. Spirituality is, is something much more mystical and intuitive for me. Um, so no, absolutely, that thing that I don't know what is, is, is more than uh, imagination. Imagination comes from that thing, I find. Yeah. Uh, it's part of it and it's part of everything. Um, I, I, I like the, the tantric in Kashmir, Kashmir, Kashmir Shaivism yes. <laughs> uh, and the tantric thought about everything being part of uh, Shiva mm -hmm. is a, a fantastic thought. Uh, and it's not, the, the, the thing that I like about it is that it's not moralizing. So it's not good or bad. All, all, all things are part of this and are part of the uh, spiritual process, which to me is very much the creative process as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. In, in, uh, uh, in, in, ta in Tantra, the, the body, the embodiment of spirituality is also very important, that it's not just transcending up into, mm. um, so I suppose art, creating art is also embodying, uh, uh, embodying that 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 comes through to to bring it to give it form and put it out into the world yeah uh, and and to explore all of those things that that uh, well it has also to do with with what uh, in in the yogic world and in india you would call karma that we might call sin in, in Christianity, but it's not exactly the same thing. But karma it has both good and bad qualities, uh, and they have to be lived. 
So it's not something that you can just suppress, but you have to live it. So in my karma or in is creativity and working uh, with uh, art, but there's also having a family and there's also uh, eating this and this food. And there's also getting into these co this conflict. And uh, so, so all of life is like part of my process. Yeah. Um, but uh, and because uh, I'm saying this because I had this urge when I was in my crises to go off on a mountaintop and meditate and stay there because I knew that that I could handle. Mm -hmm. But eventually I started realizing that that meditation had to come out into life uh, with my fellow human beings uh, in order for me to progress spiritually. Yeah, yeah to, you have to actually clean it up by living it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be in the middle of the messiness of real life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. I think when I realized that, that was a very uh, a pivotal point for me. Uh, yeah. Realizing that, that life is part of that. It was a very, very important yeah. thing, I think, because it also makes all of life sacred to me. Yes. And, and it brings that deep, deep acceptance that everything somehow is okay, even the very yeah. painful and messy things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, even death. Yeah. So, so, so that's, uh, uh, before we end now, I want to ask you about that. It sounds like your spirituality has given you, uh, not that, that you don't have a difficult, difficult feelings and so on and so on, but it seems like it's given you like some ground peace underneath it all yeah absolutely. because there's kind of a meaning with the things or yeah a very intuitive meaning i i have no idea what it is but it's a very intuitive meaning and feeling uh that grounds yeah is, is a good word uh, it's a strength there's a strength in it and a, a freedom as we spoke of earlier yeah like a, a confidence that that it's all okay yeah and an acceptance of who you are. That's a big one. <laughs> yep, that's a huge one. But I remember once just looking into the mirror and I was shocked because I accepted. I looked into the mirror and I saw myself and I said, hey, you're okay. Yeah. I was like, it was literally like that. It was, it was quite beautiful. Yeah, one of those Satori moments. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. So this podcast is called intimacy with the world what does that phrase invoke in you um intimacy with the world is a really beautiful thing because it's intimate and at the same time it's the entire world uh, that invokes um basically what I think I'm trying to do with art is intimacy with the word because intimacy is a, it's, it's something within me and it's very intimate and, and also personal but I really wanted to communicate to the world because communication is, is of the essence yeah uh, in what I do yeah so I might I might I might borrow that one <laughs> You're very, very welcome. <laughs> and then I want to know, where do you feel, this is the, uh, my last question for you, Bua. What, what do you think might be your current edge 
as a human at the moment? You know, like where are you struggling or wishing to grow or where are you working on yourself these days? Uh, I think wishing to grow as a parent is, is absolutely uh, the first thing. And as you know, it's a challenge. Every day is a challenge. Uh, three children and, and they all pose different <laughs> challenges uh, <laughs> yes. uh, to me and, and that's a fantastic process and, but a really difficult one sometimes also as they get older and they get like different problems that might you know come going to school and stuff like that is not easy mm-hmm. uh, so yeah being a parent I think is, is probably the mostly focused right now yeah and and soon very soon bill you're gonna have to be focusing on what it means to be a good husband yes that will be the next thing <laughs> that'll be that'll your be next, next edge yes <laughs> but, but of course also as an artist you're always looking for that you always you're living on that edge so, yeah so you it's a constant uh struggle to, to get better now we're back uh, at the beginning with the football so it's a constant struggle to get better at what I'm doing. That's, that's... But are you able to balance out that uh, uh, that need to be the best, or that or, or that need to for the perfection? Are you are you a, are you holding that in a balanced way? Do you think? Yeah, today I am. Yeah, I I, I wasn't earlier, but today yeah, I am. Yeah, it's more of a positive drive now. I think. Yeah. I hope. I'm not sure. I mean, everything can change. Yeah, tomorrow. And everything does change. <laughs> everything does change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bue, thank you so, so much for um, spending this time with me. And thank you. We're looking forward to speaking to you. And let me just say to our listeners that this these podcasts that I do, I don't really have a choice. I have to do them in English because our native language, me and Bilbo, we speak Peruese, and there are only like 60,000 people in the whole world who speak this language. So I wouldn't ever get many listeners, you know? (laughs) So sometimes we are going to be struggling to find words. I must say that I really enjoyed this conversation with Bilbo Dam. Not only because we have known each other since childhood, but because of his willingness to dig deep in his contemplations. He doesn't give any pre-rehearsed answers. He listens deeply to what is most true to him before answering. What a gift that is. I hope you, those of you who have been listening, got inspired or touched or fascinated by something in this conversation. If so, Please share it in the comments if you were with us on YouTube or review the podcast if you were with us on Apple Podcasts. This, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends, is truly the best way to support me in this endeavor. And I assure you, it is truly greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you feel a bit stuck and confused in your life, and you long for clarity and to find a way forward, you are welcome to visit my website, doritoholm.com, and sign up for a free 25 minutes coaching session and see if we are a good fit. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for the next week's episode. Until then, be well.